0: This episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast is brought to you in part by Fun in the Rain by Marcy Lee. You can go ahead and pick that up at Amazon.com and find out more about this fabulous book. After spending screen time on her mother's smartphone, Elise's dad would like to play with her outdoors. It is raining and Elise does not want to go out and play. There is a package at the front porch Will the contents inside help Elisa have fun playing in the rain? We will all have to find out. That's why you have to go over to Amazon.com and pick up Fun in the Rain by Marcy Lee.
1: I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Yo, check out the award-winning docuseries Elementary Genocide. This docu-series provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. This docu-series features Dr. Umar Johnson, Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, Killer Mike, David Banner, Professor James Small, Kaba Kamene, and so many other people. Check out Elementary Genocide, the school-to-prison pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and the latest install. Elementary Genocide 3, the academic holocaust. It's all available now at elementarygenocide.com. Tune
0: in for the drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor, and when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news, and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz
1: aeem sabaz is one of my guys from way back and you're now listening to his show necessary blackness podcast stay tuned
0: this is a cool of cultivated roots media and i choose to tune into necessary blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary
1: yo that's what i'm talking about man you'll
0: hear it here first <laughs> now our feature presentation
1: Peace and Black Power family. This is your host Raheem Shabazz, and I am here for another episode of Necessary Blackness podcast. And I am with my co-host Marcy Lee.
0: What's up, people?
1: That's right. That's right. Now, unfortunately, you wasn't able to join us last week, where I talked about Kamala Harris. Now, I know some people that were saying, damn, brother, you know, let the sister live, you know, and I understand sister got to live. Some people want to know if I'm going to let the brother live. Mm -hmm. Nope. I'm going to keep that same energy. Everybody's under scrutiny. We got to find out who is the best candidate that we're going to give our vote to if we're going to vote at all.
0: Right. We need to be, you know, have some scrutiny. We got to know what we're getting ourselves into if we're picking the correct candidate. What's wrong with that?
1: That's right. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about Cory Booker, the forty-nine-year-old. I don't want to call him the front runner because we don't know if he's going to be the him front runner.
0: The rising star of the
1: Democratic, of the Democratic Party. Party. Yes. So, we're going to talk about him and, you know, the press. They out in full force and they are talking about he is the first vegan president.
0: <laughs> Can you believe that? Hey. Oh, he will become.
1: He will become the yeah. first vegan president. But, you know, Barack Obama, uh, they said he was the first gay president. Oh, stop it. No, listen. Barack? Newsweek. Newsweek. Come on
0: now. They had
1: him on there and say, America's first gay president. And what they were saying- and implying oh. was not that the man was gay.
0: Championing.
1: But yeah, he championed their cause. Okay. You know, and rightfully so. He did what he did for them. But I wish he would have did it for <laughs> ADOS right. or DOS as we like to call it. And that is African descendants of slaves.
0: Cause I would hear his supporters saying in regard to that. He's the president for all people. He's the president for everyone. He can't just, you know, target black people and only help their causes. He did it for them. Absolutely. So he that that didn't benefit me. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Like as far as him assisting them and helping them in their plight, but you got to look out for me too. I want, you know, some type of that's right support. In any area that I can get it. So, I mean, if you're going to support one group, support them all or support the ones who's in need most.
1: And that is the person or the group that is in need most is African descendants of slaves.
0: Now, why don't you tell the people why you keep bringing up the ADOS
1: or the DOS? Because, man, um, for those that are not on Twitter, you need to get on Twitter. And um, you need to follow me at Raheem Shabazz. And you can also follow Marcy Lee at... Forever Marcy Lee. Forever Marcy Lee. But um, there is a lot going on on Twitter. Um, you had Joy Reed, mm-hmm. who said that uh, Russian bots was behind the hashtag African descendants of slaves. And... Um, She didn't offer no... uh, Support. Support. Any type of evidence. Yeah, like, they have uh, data forensics that could go in there and tell you how many times this hashtag was used, whether it came from an authentic account or not. None of that was offered. And what people got to understand is a lot of these major news outlets they pitch these stories to the journalists. Sometimes the journalists, they may pitch a story, but I can guarantee you nine times out of ten, her white handlers pitch that story. Because this is a movement that um been started for about a year now. And it's gaining a lot of traction, as it should, as well as the movement Tangible 2020, gaining a lot of uh, uh, traction, as it should. So, so that's
0: the, that's one
1: of the things that's going on in the news right the now. Cuz the question
0: is where is she getting the, this from? Why does she think that Russian bots are in some kind of way infiltrating in this manner using the DOS?
1: You know, initially in early reports were saying that she's saying the hashtag was from Russian bots. Right. And then she, you know, they backtrack and they always peddle when black media start, to start to get on calling up. them to task. Right. And it was, oh, no, we never said that this wasn't a legitimate movement. We're just saying that, you know, there are certain bots that are using the hashtag. No, there ain't no bots using this hashtag. Right. You know what I mean?
0: So, so even saying that, though, you're trying to say, you're trying to delegitimize What's being communicated, yeah, basically. Russians
1: could use any hashtag, <laughs> you know what I mean? Why would they use this?
0: Well, I think that a lot of times, even back in the election of Trump, they were saying that the propaganda used by the Russians mm-hmm. was to bring in African Americans and basically turn them against Hillary Clinton. So they're saying that a lot of the bots and a lot of the people who were Russian having Twitter accounts, having Facebook accounts, turned Black people against Hillary Clinton.
1: Yeah, but see, there's no alternative motive, and it's too early in the game to be using this block. You know... um,
0: Shoot, it worked big time. If you believe that conspiracy, if you believe what they're saying, it it worked. (laughs) So, shoot, if you're trying to win,
1: but it's too start early. early as possible. Yeah, yeah, it's too early in the game. The movement, you know, to some, the movement is not even that big enough yet. You know what I mean? It is uh, gaining the variety um, online and in, in certain circles. Um, this was just... I, mean,
0: I think they're confused because they don't understand how it would be possible that black people would not be automatically for Kamala Harris. Like, we're well, starting to think and become more mature politically. Yeah. So, I think they're like not expecting it, wasn't Listen, expecting we're it. You're
1: gonna have a segment of black society, uh, black foundational society that's not gonna be fond of Kamala Harris. Then you're gonna have another half that's not gonna be fond of uh, Corey, Corey Booker. Booker. So, we're gonna talk about the divide, the medium, and where we can go from here as a people. And certain type of traits we have to look out for when these candidates are thrusted into the spotlight. Right. Because Corey,
0: he got some inconsistencies that we got to take a look at.
1: Yes, he does. He does. But he does have a record of working with the people. Definitely. Uh, He does have a record. When we talk about tangible 2020s, he made certain promises to people in Newark, New Jersey that was fulfilled. Mm. He lived amongst the people. He was accessible to the people. Now, you know. And that's
0: something to be commended because I don't think most politicians can say that.
1: No, they can't. But once he occupied, occupied, occupies. Once he occupies, what is it? 1660? What's the White House address? (laughs) What is it? (laughs)
0: Pennsylvania Avenue? What is it?
1: 1550?
0: I I ain't even, don't even get me up here. Uh,
1: Well, whatever the White House address is.
0: Once he occupies the White House. 1500? I don't know Pennsylvania Avenue. I don't know. I just know that our boy, um, oh. uh, the action figure, he did, uh, the action star uh, who went to, to prison for a tax evasion.
1: Oh, Wesley. Wesley
0: Snipes. He yeah. did a movie, and it was called uh, something with uh, the address. So, anyway, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, I think once he occupies the White House, if he does, you know, um, we know that people change you know you might have been a uh, because
0: they start feeling that pressure and you get those lobbyists and then you know it's just a whole different ball game we want to try to think we know what it feels like to be in that position but i couldn't um, i couldn't imagine having so many different parties and and individuals and agendas that you have to be a party to just trying to figure out what move you're going to make who you're going to support who mm-hmm. you're not going to support what re- repercussions that's going to have i mean it's a lot of pressure So we have to see.
1: Will Cory Booker withstand the pressure Mm -hmm. or will he fall? We're going to talk about that and more after we come back from this quick commercial break. My name is Raheem Shabazz and I am sitting here with my lovely co-host Marcy Lee. Y'all stay tuned. Don't go nowhere. Persons interested in
0: broadcasting a commercial can reach us via email at Podcast at gmail.com. Necessary Blackness is distributed on all major podcast platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and Google Play. We'll also promote your business and product across our various social media networks, reaching over 100,000 people daily. Necessary Blackness podcast is independently owned, and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Peace and black power family. This is your host Raheem Shabazz. And we are back from our quick commercial break. And we're going to talk in depth about Cory Booker and we're gonna talk about you know they saying he is the rising Democratic star to enter the 2020 presidential election does Cory have what it takes now we do know that he grew up in white suburban America and then he moved to the projects where he spent eight years as a tenant in the inner city of Newark New Jersey And he went on to become a city council, mayor, and eventually a senator. Senator. And now he is a contender for the president. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that?
0: Well, like I said, I think it's very commendable that he took the opportunity to be amongst the people so Mm -hmm. he can understand and really know the plight and what people were needing. So I think that that's the first step if you want to be a good leader and a good um, representation of your constituents.
1: Now, one thing that I will commend Corey for is that he spoke about the school-to-prison pipeline. He speaks about mass incarceration. Yeah, Uh, but not in a good way. Affordable housing has been one of his platforms and then now he's talking about baby bonds, which will is what he say. I have to do the research, but he says that it will. Um, it's a low risk savings account. Yeah, and it Supposed basically to, will reduce the racial wealth gap. Right. What, what do you think about it?
0: Well, from what I understand, uh, they have tried it out, and it has been a big fail. I don't know to what degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that's just something we have to look more into. If anyone has a suggestion on how to eliminate the wealth wealth gap and disparities amongst between black people and white people is worth taking a look. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. But
0: you bringing up the mass incarceration and the school to prison pipeline. The only thing I have to say about that is he's, Blaming it on the public school system.
1: Yeah, you was telling me earlier. What was the quote that he said?
0: Oh, okay. So the quote, and this is coming from Eric Blanc. He's a journalist. And he wrote in his article, uh, Mm -hmm. he said that in a 2011 speech, Cory Booker said this, Disparities in income in America are not because of some greedy capitalists. No, it's because of a failing educational system. So, what do you think about that? Because I don't know about that.
1: First of all, the capitalist is the one that controls the education. They create
0: so the curriculum. So, you always curriculum.
1: have to follow the money. Right. You know, um, Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. is a capitalist.
0: Okay. Mark
1: Zuckerberg donated $100 million to Newark, New Jersey for charter schools. It is the number one charter school haven in the United States of America.
0: Because he wants to privatize education. That's basically what Corey wants to do. That
1: deal that was done for Newark, New Jersey was done because of Cory Booker. So,
0: I don't think that that matters. I think what matters is the content. What are they being taught? Who are they being taught no, by? No, you're
1: showing the contradiction. Mm-hmm. you saying it's not capitalist, but here it is a capitalist that invested in education.
0: Well, that's what it's going to require when you don't have public school. You're going to need investors. So, that's, I mean, I don't, I feel like when we talk about the debate between public schools and private schools, the real question is what is being taught? Are we going to keep the whitewashing? <laughs> Um, mentality and not you know sharing information that's more positive towards black people or the whole of America are we going to continue to whitewash the education system um, where it's not beneficial to everybody
1: let me put it like this whoever controls the money purse controls the curriculum exactly so it's going to remain whitewashed now when we talk about the
0: quality he does he is a advocate for putting more money into the education system. Now, if you're talking about even public or private, if you have more funding, then you can um, expose children to more educational opportunities, you know, more technology. So that's great.
1: To to a degree, but I, I seen people do more with less. You know, we had a time where some of our brightest minds and our scholars and our doctors and our lawyers You know, they came out of black schools that had very little funding. So having the funding is great and it it will help, but that's not the... I think that's a small
0: percentage though. Like it is in a sense where you have overcrowding and you don't have enough materials to teach. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking more so on that line of increasing funding so that children can learn in a comfortable environment and they can really
1: be nurtured. Yeah, that's an aspect. They need to learn in a comfortable environment, but it's also the key and most crucial thing, and I think we both can agree on this, is what they're learning. So that's where the curriculum comes back in. So we're going to see what um, he's going to say about Right, um, right. we got to hear more about
0: this on his platform. People
1: are definitely going to take him to task on that because you have a lot of teachers that's against uh, privatization. You know, and they want to keep their tenure. So it's going to be a whole debate of public school versus. uh,
0: Oh, and one other thing I wanted to say is he he also is for merit pay for teachers. So I guess you would, you know, your pay or how you would be compensated would be based on your the children's um, testing um, scores. And that they're saying is bad because then it affects the teachers in a negative way. It's more of a punishment. Um, so that's another thing we gotta wait to hear from him about.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big uh, opponent of that simple fact for the reason of what happened here in Atlanta. Oh with yeah, the, um, the teachers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That in itself, when you give people an incentive or bonus if they reach this certain amount of goal,
0: or and, they um, might lose their job. Yeah, I mean, was, you know, because the children the aren't performing. Yeah yeah so
1: you 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 have to be yeah and 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 I, I I get it. you want to reward those that that are doing great,
0: but see, that's another conversation because them rigging the test scores, it has a lot to do with learning as well and the way that things are worded in these tests because sometimes they're saying that it's discriminatory against certain groups of people versus others. Now, because I've been in situations where I've talked to teachers and they've said, these children are bright. They get it. They get the material. But when they take tests, it is a crutch for them because it doesn't translate well. So I think that that's another, it goes to these privatizing type situations is making sure that it fits for everyone.
1: Now, when you say um, it discriminates for a certain group of people, we talking about black people, right? Absolutely. All right. We want to say what we say and mean what we say. All now, right. I don't, you know, we don't. We don't. We don't deal with the people of color. <laughs> we, we deal with black. You know. But yes, absolutely. Everything you said is one hundred percent correct. Um, a lot of times, you know, you have people that teach to the test, and test scores is going to determine whether you're going to make it to the next grade or. They use it as a litmus test to tell if you're going to be uh, successful in life. And sometimes and it's just
0: not a true indicator. No, nah,
1: it's not. A lot of these tests is uh, culturally biased right. and racially biased. And um, we know where the notion of testing and looking at a person's IQ to determine their intelligence.
0: And see, I would want to know that from Corey. Does he understand those biases when he's talking about these private supporters like Kushner and you know different people who have supported his his you know um, privatization of education does he look at those aspects of it you know what I'm saying I've never heard him speak
1: on that and he's gonna have to be called the task on that and a lot of people are calling him task so a lot of the questions that we have and this is why we have to have this conversation because I know I'm not gonna be afforded the opportunity to ask him in but other people may, so, and, they, and they need to ask these questions because everybody is not a fan favorite for uh, Corby Booker. Um, I read an article in the New York Times that uh, said the city of New Jersey is an emblem of poverty, and it been like that under the six years that he was mayor of that city. Now, six years, he'd done a lot. But a lot of times, people want you to fix everything. It might have took him four years just to fix certain little things. You know what I mean? And I think as a senator, after being mayor, he did more. And as president, he can do even more. People got to understand, there's levels to this shit.
0: Right. I think it's important for us to kind of, I want to go over real quick Mm -hmm. certain facts in regards to his record in public service. So as we all know, he is a Democrat. He has a liberal voting record. Mm -hmm. Um, He is for long-term deficit reduction. He's for increased funding for education. Uh, He actually was a part of uh, the first act. It's a bipartisan criminal justice reform. So he did participate in that. He supports abortion rights. He supports affirmative action, but based on both race and class. Now, that one was a new one for me class thrown in there I did I've never known it to be about class because there's race which were you know Mm -hmm. black but then you have class where you're poor black or you're affluent like how he came from an affluent family Mm -hmm. so I don't know why that class portion was thrown in by him as far as affirmative action um, and also he actually helped to introduce a bill to Congress, which passed on okay. December 19th, 2018 Refect. and it, um, it's making lynching a federal hate crime. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and also he made an announcement that he has plans to push for the removal of Confederate monuments and memorials from the Capitol building. So there's a lot of positives in regards to Corey, but we still have some questions in regards to his true agenda when it comes to education and police reform when he's in bed with these capitalists. So we have to kind of get more clear about
1: his relationship with these people. This is what I will say. You mentioned about removal of the Confederate monuments. That's symbolic justice. That does nothing for me. Okay. Like, removing a racist statue is not going to increase the wealth gap. It is not going to help us out as a people. And like I said, it's it's symbolic gesture where you act like you're doing something, but you're really not doing nothing. It doesn't push black America forward. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us, they we like our racism up front and personal.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Confederate flag, Mississippi. All right. You've just you know exposed who, yourself. Right. Yeah, we right. know who you are. Right. You know, and we'll deal with you accordingly. Mm-hmm. Now, to move, remove it, does it need to be removed? You got damn right. But- we, we got bigger fist to fry. Exactly. So with that, you know... Um, I think it just demonstrates, that. like you now, said, where he... Now, yeah, but now I will say this, though, right? Corby, you took some big money from a lot of um, corporations, you know, uh, in the hundreds of thousands while you were senator, while you was mayor. So, you know, now he's championing himself... Running on the platform of that he is not taking um, no federal funding. No, I don't mean to say federal funding. He's not taking no money from federal lobbyists. Mm-hmm. He's not taking no money from PACs. We've heard that so and he's many not times. Taking, every presidential candidate talks about that, and it would just be donations from the people, you know. But you took money in order to get to where you, you are. are, right? And then when you do become president or you do get into these certain positions of power this is what fuels your campaign so we know that you took money from federal lobbyists
0: right you
1: took money from corporations in
0: the past so the question becomes will it continue will he have our best interest at heart the people or is he going to have the lobbyist's best interest because it's a contradiction. You can't serve two masters. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? You can't serve the lobbyists in their interest and also have the people's best interest at heart. You can't do it.
1: So we have to see. Now I want to ask you a question. You know, some people um they feel like who I vote for personally is my business. And you know, some people they they keep it a secret. Like they will go in the booth and you'll be like, who you vote for? Oh, you know, that's personal. That's it. You know, your political belief is your political belief. Well, people are smart, though. In this climate, how
0: people act, so immature, so sensitive, you can't be honest with people without them acting ridiculous. Oh, you voted for that person? Now nah, we ain't friends no more. I'm
1: going to block you on social media. You
0: you know how immature yes, people sir, are.
1: If you voted for Trump, then you might as well call me immature. Hey. I got something to say about it. But And I know there's people that voted for him, but... You know, I took the it, opportunity to have conversations
0: with these people and I'm cool with, I'm like, man though, I was like, how could you do this when he, I'm, I'm black I I'm talking about white people that I know who voted for them having conversations. Like, look, you know, the things that he said about black people, how could you do that? How do you feel comfortable? Their response is, I was just looking at my bottom line financially. Yeah. I wasn't con- concerning myself with that. I'm like, but if you cool with me, you don't think about me or people like me? See, those conversations need to take place to get those people to think that it's more than just the vote for your own personal interest. Or is it? Should we be voting our own personal interest?
1: Absolutely. Well then. Absolutely. You know why? Because for years, white America voted for their personal interests. So why in 2020, we should vote as a block that says, you know what? We have to... um, make sure whatever we put on agenda is gonna benefit everybody. No, we need tangibles in 2020.
0: Specific. Specific. Targeted.
1: That directly benefits
0: our African agenda.
1: Descendants of slaves mm-hmm. or descendants of slaves. Right. But listen, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we're gonna come back and um I wanted to ask you a question before we was going to break. Um, in fact, I'm going to ask you then we go to break. How All
0: right. That? Okay. You want me to answer after break?
1: No, I want you to answer right now. All
0: right. So
1: it's 2020, right? It's November. You in the booth. You got to vote. Kamala Harris, Corey Booker. Who are you picking?
0: Mm, right now. I'm feeling more like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I got we'll issues with it. both of them. Uh, I like more of what Corey has to say, but there's some things about him that he gotta he gotta clear up.
1: I guess we're on the same page, right? Because I want to ask you, yeah, what, Right what you now, mean? no, right now, um, I, I really, um, I I dig Corey Booker, um. I've read the critique about him. Some people saying that he's a, a media whore, that he mm. loves that camera.
0: So does Trump. What's um, new?
1: Some people saying that um, all that he has done and all that he do is just a facade to get to the big money thing. Now, if let me tell you something, man. If this man went and lived amongst the people for eight years and lived in the projects and when the elevator wasn't working, he walked up them steps. You know, I mean, he carried water up them steps because there wasn't no water in there. I'm talking about for eight years. But what is the problem with that?
0: Everybody does that to get to the end result. You got to put in some work to get to the end result. No, no, no. That
1: that that's more than work. When you live amongst the people and you are going through the uh, same struggles, the same trials. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about same struggles.
0: I don't know, but he yeah. could have been living
1: just fine, just living amongst the people. No, he and had see, this, is, no this is the thing, right? Yeah, you was getting $172,000 a year salary, but you was living in the projects. <laughs> Anytime you wanted to, you could have made the decision to, you know what, I'm going to check into uh, the Ramada tonight. You know what I mean? But this is the thing, though. He been amongst the people, and once you're amongst the people, you know the people, who they are you know, what they needs are and um, the conditions that was created for them to exist in that position. So he has experience with all of this. So um, for that, I'm more prone to vote for him. But, you know, I don't trust none of these politicians. So I- I'm just saying uh, prematurely, if today was 2020 I, in November, I probably would vote for him. But we have time. We're going to do some more research and we're going to find out who is the better candidate because there might be somebody else that come along. Right. You know, that may, you know, I may say might wow.
0: change the game. So you know, hey, we gotta speak.
1: Colin Powell might throw his hat in I'm the I'm feeling that. You know, so we, we we really don't know. But listen, we're gonna take this quick commercial break. Because we have to pay some bills and we will be right back. Don't go nowhere. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast, and I am your host, Raheem Shabazz, and I'm sitting here with
0: Marcy Lee.
1: Peace. Peace and Black Power Family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are back with Marcy Lee, and we are still talking about Cory Booker, Booker, Democratic Rising contender. Star. For the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, the highest office in the land. I ain't mad at you, Corby, man. Go for it, man.
0: Can he do it? I think think.
1: he can. I think he can. I think he can. But, you know, what I have a problem with Corby is... You were
0: saying he's too nice.
1: Yeah, he's too nice. You know, it's like, you know, if someone asks him, well... People say that you're this way. You know, he was like, well, you know, I don't have a problem with what people say is. I have a problem with, you know, why we all can't work together. Right. And bring. He like His,
0: his three it. most common things that he says is we have to work towards common purpose, mm-hmm. common ground, Absolutely. common good. And then, like, I saw him on a view. And, you know, that's where I was just like, yeah, man, you a little too. Every time they asked him, like, for example, they asked him, tell me what's different between you and one of your competitors. Yeah, And he says, oh, I don't want to get into what makes us different. I just want to focus on what brings us together. It's like, dude, we need to know the difference between your platforms before we can decide between you. So tell us, sell yourself. What is it that makes you different?
1: Did they push him on that issue? Or? They
0: did. And he kept going back to, I want to focus on what's the same about us all. Like what brings us together. What I don't want to tear the them truth. down. Who's no one said, to sound like? Man, he's channeling. Well, no, it's not that he sound like my dude, Barack Obama. He's channeling him in a certain way, but Barack would still tell you the truth. He'd be like, All right, well, this is what I have going on for me, mm-hmm. this is what makes me different. I'm not tearing them down. I'm not saying that what they're doing is not good. I'm just saying I'm different because of X, Y, Z. He wouldn't do it. So I don't know why, but he going to have to start doing it. You're going to have to debate these people. Yeah, he gonna have to. have
1: Not only do he have to debate them, but he's going to have to show that their ideology, their way of doing things, their way of thinking is detrimental to the American public. Like, listen, politics never... It has never been a sport of play. You know, this is a competitive sport. He made me wonder and, if, he was and you have to throw and sling mud,
0: right? But that in my head, I'm thinking like, is he prepared? Like, maybe he doesn't know quite yet because he just announced what February first, mm-hmm. and a lot of people just announced. So maybe he's not totally versed on what their platforms are to be able to speak factually and intelligently and maybe that was his go-to well, a lot of at times, the time
1: people platform is already their record out because it's the record of their past mm-hmm. you know you can't start today and say you know my platform is stop mass incarceration school uh criminal justice reform this that and the other when people gonna look at your past record and i think that's what's happening with camilla harris mm. they are saying, whoa whoa you didn't have that same energy when you was uh, turning Locking general. You didn't have that same energy when you were sending single mothers to jail for truancy.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, we... Um...
0: That's why I'm not feeling her. She, she, she got to address that correctly because my problem is, she said, I stand behind my record. But, okay, fine, but you don't understand how that has worked to hurt black people. Mm. You got to address that. Now, you're saying that it needs to be reformed and it needs to be corrected, talking about the justice system. You acknowledge that now, but you're not going to take responsibility back then for participating and locking those people up and not coming up with a solution that would be more conducive of helping and assisting people to do better in their lives. That's my problem with her.
1: You know what, right? Everybody is saying the same thing that you're saying, right? And I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm just the realist. Everybody was like, "Well, are you going to take accountability for uh, some of you know the rules and regulations that you implemented that was detrimental to the mass incarceration? You know, what if she comes out? And I think she said it to a certain degree. Yeah. I made mistakes and I learned from the mistakes. And, you know, what, what what we gonna do? That's looking at it as accountability. The effect has already been done. The groundwork has already been laid. There's still people right now that's languishing in jail because of certain policy and procedures that she allowed. I see to what exist. you're saying,
0: but I think I'm trying to get to her. I don't know why that's scary. Okay. I see what you're saying, but I'm trying to get to her mindset. It's like, I understand you put people away back then because you're a part of the status quo. This is how you can advance your career. I understand that's the old boys club. She played the game. But at this point, I need to know that you knew back then what you were doing. You might have to come out and say that. You might have to say, I understood that I was Uh, participating in mass incarceration and I she said she understood the disparity between how black people were locked up opposed to other groups so she she does know that that happens but does she take responsibility for knowing that she participated in it even though she knew that it was hurting us as a community
1: I don't think that she's going to come out publicly and say that I participated in Mass incarceration and was doing the good work of my white handlers. I doubt if she ever do that. The uh, jury is out on that verdict, but what I do know is she has to do something. But listen, I know we have to run. You have to go. I just want to let you know I appreciate you for joining us once again right here on Necessary Blackness Podcast, and you're gonna be here next week. That's right. All right. Now in closing. Is there anything you want to say in your last closing word? I'm going to give it to you. The
0: only thing I want to say is do your research. Make sure that you do your own independent research. Don't listen to your family. Don't listen to your friends. Don't listen to celebrities. You go and you do the work if you really care. Like if you want to just vote to just to say you voted, go ahead. But I implore all of you to do your research and do your due diligence so that we can make sure we have a good representation for us all the
1: people. Okay, now, real quick, I know we got about two minutes left, right? right. I need two minutes, right in the news Virginia Governor wearing blackface mm. have you heard about um you know this governor? He's um embroiled in controversy, and um he apologized one day and said, You know this is Uh, I repudiate those images. I'm sorry. And then the next day he said, you know what? It wasn't even me. Right. And this is his yearbook. He said, I don't know who that was. That wasn't me. What do you think about that?
0: Well, I think that it is duplicity at its finest. I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of people have to portray that they are one way, but behind closed doors, there's someone else. The the whole way that people succeed is to pretend that they are who they say they are not. Mm. So, I think at this point it merged and he got to find out how to... He trying to survive. He trying to figure out how he can make this work because he knows what he really thinks in his head, but he has to lie and tell us what we need to hear so that he can be forgiven. The question is, are we going to overlook it?
1: No. Hell no. <laughs> Everybody's calling for this man to uh, resign and rightfully so. Uh, This is Governor Ralph Norton, mm. if I'm uh, pronouncing his last name correctly, and he's out of Virginia. But listen, you know, these are high school pictures. Right. Right? Um, And they was in a yearbook. So this was many, 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 many moons ago, right? Right. So how does somebody that wears blackface and dress up like a clan? can be a part of the Democratic Party, can be governor. And, you know, from from what I'm hearing, a lot of black people was praising his work and saying, you know, he can't be racist. Like, how how do we allow people to come amongst us and not to detect that from them?
0: Because people, especially our people, black people, we are so willing to give people a chance and give them the benefit of the doubt. If they do little symbolic gestures and do little things to win us over, we're like, oh, all is forgiven. Okay. Instead of really looking at their actions, really listening to what they are saying, Mm -hmm. I mean, we can't overlook stuff. That's why you know people call me a hard ass because I'm like, no, we're going to get this figured out. Like, you're going to have to... You know, explain this. You're gonna have to make me feel comfortable, you know, and we have to do that. We have to call people to task, like you have been saying, and make sure to the best of our abilities that we're holding them accountable.
1: Now, you know, Nellie Nellie Fuller.
0: hmm Nellie Fuller Jr.
1: Nellie Fuller Jr. He gave the best antidote for this type of situation. Right. He said, everybody. Is a suspected, suspected. white <laughs> supremacist, and to prove it otherwise. Correct. So that's how we have to weigh and judge. You know, on, on the scale of balance. You know, we have to weigh and judge who and what they are.
0: Try to the best of our abilities, because they—they, you know, I'll people talk about savages. These people, I mean, they will lie to your face, tell you whatever you need to hear. You know, opportunists, they're salesmen. Like, they are trying to get you on their side. They have an agenda. And you, you know, know what's so- crazy
1: about it? Like, if I don't like nobody, I don't despise. If I despise an individual, I don't go amongst them. I don't want to be around you.
0: Not But them. these are
1: people that
0: Mm-mm.
1: have lost me in their heart. Like, they hate you. They hate your well-being. And you won't even your, know to, to the core, and they will come and smile and be and and be friends amongst you until it's time for them to stab you in oh, yeah. the back.
0: That's how they win. That's how empires are won.
1: That's how empires are won. Hey, see, the sister's teaching us the art of war now. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that you know, is, man. I guess I got to get with the program. Yeah, you know? I got to understand how to be shrewd. And uh strategic and, and to move amongst vultures. Mm. Oh, okay. But listen, I appreciate I know you have to go right and, and too. you told me that 10 minutes ago. So we're <laughs> gonna let her get up out of here next week. I want each and every one of y'all to join us right here on Necessary Blackness podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Necessary Blackness podcast, and also we are on iTunes, we're on Google Play. If you're on iTunes, you can ask Ceres, play the last episode of Necessary Blackness podcast. She'll take you to that. If you're on Google Play, Alexia gets you right to our channel. All you got to do is ask her. We are dealing with artificial intelligence, right? Mm. Yeah. That's what Alexia is. That's what Syria is. And they will show you where to go, man. Don't let them be smarter than you. Find out how to subscribe to us. Check us out each and every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Make sure you follow me at Raheem Shabazz. And where can they catch you at, young lady?
0: Also on Instagram at Marcy Lee.
1: Where they can catch you at on Facebook?
0: Um, they can catch me at Marcy Lee on Facebook and Forever
1: Marcy Lee on Twitter. What about Snapchat? Nah. I got a Snapchat, but I don't be
0: on it. I got Snapchat, but I don't
1: be on it. Yeah, I don't be on it. My son <laughs> my son put it on there for me, and I tried it out. And I was like, yo, come on, man. This is man. Right. Head. What are we doing? But you know what? I still maintain it. Every now and then I'll jump on there because I know that the young brothers and sisters, they need to hear some of the things I'm saying. And I need to um look. Learn, observe, and respect some of the things these young people are out here Absolutely. doing
0: Absolutely. And, and you got to let Marcy Lee go because she has to go.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Peace <laughs> and power. We out of here, black family, next week. Peace. Same time. Same place. Peace.